Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is happening, gang? We've got an action-packed show for you on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling. In today's holiday special episode, we build off of last week where we took a look at the AFC after 12 weeks, and this week we're going to look at the NFC after 12 weeks. And more specifically, we're going to learn who are the contenders, who are the pretenders in the NFC, who are going to be the dominant teams that will be playing deep into January. In the NFC, a little different than the AFC. Much more competitive, much more kind of shake-up at the top, much more ability for people to ascend, and we're going to learn a little bit about, and I'm excited about this, who Bill thinks is going to be the winner in the NFC East and who might be the toughest out. So sit back, relax, and get ready. This is the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling, and this is our look at the NFC after 12 weeks. Here we go, guys. The lamp is lit, and we are live on another episode of the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Poling. It is that magical week of the year where we separate the contenders from the pretenders, and also that big guy comes to the house this year with a mask on, bringing presents. That's that's what I thought you meant by the magical week of the year. I thought we were talking Santa. Come on. (laughs) Where are your priorities? I know this is a football podcast, but come on. Every boy and girl in the world. Come on. (laughs) Everybody ready uh, for the big guy this year? Everybody got their presents? Bill, you all stocked up? All set. All set. Just wish I could could see the grandchildren in person, but that's not the case. So Yes, that would be great. Uh, Unfortunately, I got word that I am on the naughty list. So, you know, call for me. Yeah, no, I don't think that's ever going to change. And that is not Cole the Researcher. That is legitimate Cole. Well, very (laughs) cool, guys. All right, well, this is our continuation of what we started last week. This is our look at the NFC after 12 games. So this obviously won't take into account the games that happened this past weekend. This is the look after everybody's played 12 games in the NFL. So without any further ado, Bill, let's jump into it. Where are we starting in the NFC this week? Well, we're going to start in the Big Easy with the New Orleans Saints, uh, who have a record uh, or who had a record of of uh, ten and two. Let me reiterate that, uh, as we did in last week's show, that uh, with the playoff structure being what it is this year, seven teams, uh, the magic number to assure yourself of a place at the postseason party is ten wins. You get to 10, you're in pretty good shape. There's a 90% chance, better than a 90% chance, uh, with seven teams in, that that you're going to make the playoffs. So that's your goal. And as you think about your teams going forward, those that you root for, uh, you're you're thinking about, hey, can they get to 10? So uh, that's that's where we are. Uh, We're going to analyze 
from uh, 12,000 feet. Uh, we could go down on the ground and analyze till the cows come home in every little different facet of the game. Uh, and we'll do some of that when the playoff matchups come about. And we'll do a great deal more of it for the championship games and the Super Bowl. But right now we're going to do it from about 12,000 feet. So the, the, the categories we're going to use is um, yards per play on offense, which tells you how efficient your offense is regardless of what system you use. QBR, which tells you how efficient your quarterback is, and to a lesser extent, your passing game. Points uh, uh, that you're scoring on offense. Points that you're allowing on defense and the difference between the two. And the greater the difference, the better your team. And then the all-important third down. How efficient are you? staying on the field and keeping drives alive on third down? And how efficient are you at closing people out on third down? And then uh, I, I, I don't say this tongue-in-cheek. I say it with a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, conviction. The all-important giveaway-takeaway ratio. Uh, if you are positive in the giveaway-takeaway, the chances are you are going to win a lot of football games. So, uh, and Bill, like last week, we'll, we'll also throw in one loss, right? I mean, we'll, we'll obviously touch on that. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to go one loss relative to uh, uh, where they were at week twelve, because as we record this, some of the some of the week uh, uh, fourteen uh, games haven't been played yet. Right. We go apples to apples. Apples to apples. Right. So the Saints uh, at week 12 were 10 and 2. They had uh, 5.6 yards per play, which is a little low for them. Typically, they're more explosive offensively. Uh, but this is a bit of an untoward year. Drew Brees' is, uh, QBR is 1. Uh, 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 110.0. Um, that's perfect, darn near perfect. Uh, Points for 28.9. Here's the key with the Saints this year, and this is better than it's been in a while. Points against 20.0. So that's a plus 8.9 points per game that they're scoring as opposed to what their defense is allowing. That's exceptional. And on third down, they're 46.9 converting. That's very good. And 39.2 uh, in, in stopping the opposition, that's that's really good. And plus seven giveaway takeaway. So that explains that that ten and two record at uh, at week twelve. And uh part of that is being done with Drew out. Uh, when he's back at hundred percent, um this is a good team. And you know, they they've gone far in the playoffs the last two or three years and and been snake bitten in a lot of cases. Um, so I would expect that uh, they'll, they're, they're a genuine contender no matter what. Um, what we'll do as we go along is give you some key guys on every team that have to be healthy in order for them to succeed. These are the indispensable guys, if you will. It's hard to replace them. You can put somebody else in there and play, and he may play at a reasonably good level, 
but he won't play at the level of, of the guy he replaced. So those would be Drew Brees, obviously, although uh, Taysom Hill has done a nice job in his stead. Michael Thomas, who is just back off injury and hopefully stays healthy. Kamara, uh, th- those triplets on offense are, are, are what get it done. And then on defense, Jordan, Davenport, Demario Davis, and Lattimore, which means that they've got two rushers who can get the job done, a linebacker who is a big play player at that level, and Lattimore, a, a big play player at corner. That's the that's darn near triplets on offense, four big guys, including two rushers on defense. That is, dare I say, and I won't say it, I won't use the term, uh, that's the recipe to get to the big game. That's the recipe <laughs> to get to the big game. <laughs> We're, those words are not coming out of anybody's mouth today. No, but- nobody's <laughs> uttering those words yes. uh, until you get there. Hey, Bill, related to Breeze, assuming they keep winning with Hill at quarterback and knowing Breeze, the severity of his injuries, obviously when Breeze is healthy, it's going to be a complicated decision, not necessarily because of Hill, but just because of Breeze. Of, do you play him in the regular season? Do you hold him out for the playoffs? And if you hold him out for the playoffs, would you be worried about rust, or is that a, kind of a fan idea? Uh, no, I, I, you worry some about rust. I mean, there's four, there's four games to go, or as we speak, three games to go. So, um, you know, that's that that's a that's a little must much to miss. I do think that they will be very judicious about using him. Uh, you know, you want everybody healthy for the playoffs when you've got a team like this. So you're going to be judicious with everybody, uh, least of all uh, Drew Brees. So. Uh, uh, th- that's that's the way they'll that's the way they'll approach it, and, uh, and and you know the fact that they have Hill and can win with him just as they won with Teddy last year speaks to the quality of their program and and especially to the defense. So you know you want to go into the playoffs with everybody healthy. General managers and head coaches lose a lot a lot of sleep at this time of year when uh, when it. When when you it looks as though you're in pretty good shape, heading into the playoffs. I remember when we were in Indianapolis, and somebody joked on television the other night that we'd have everything clinched by Thanksgiving. Not quite, but we were close in most years. And uh, and then, you know, we all worried about oh, how do we keep everybody healthy down the stretch? We didn't worry a lot about rust. We worried about keeping them healthy, and uh, so. Uh, in, in Pittsburgh, for example, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there were probably a lot of people with that franchise who said, Oof, thank God we got that undefeated monkey off our back. We don't have to deal with that. <laughs> now we can concentrate on playing <laughs> yeah. football. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, that, that, that's a red herring from, from the get-go, but the media and the fans love it. And uh, I and I remember uh, I remember somebody who had to make that decision a few years ago. So uh. yeah, yeah. And it, and it wasn't it was the right decision, and it proved to be right over and over again. But uh, we took a lot of heat for it too. Um, the next team, <coughs> excuse me, 
as the Packers. Um, and, and this is interesting. This is a, I don't want to say schizophrenic team because it's not, but this is a team with a, a different personality. New Orleans is a really top-notch, efficient offensive team coupled with a really top-notch defense. The Packers are an otherworldly offensive team coupled with what amounts to a semi-reliable defense and I suspect when it gets to the when it gets to wood chopping time in the playoffs an unreliable defense but we'll see um, their yards per play is as I said otherworldly 6.3 QBR 118.5 points for 31.5 per game points against 24.9 a plus 6.6 ratio uh, so that's solid. That's very good. Um, if you'll notice, the teams with the best records have the best ratio, points for, points against. Logical, but also mathematically proven. Uh, third down, 46.7% uh, conversion. Outstanding. On defense, 35.3. Very good. Very good. The problem on defense lies with the inability to stop the run, which is still there. You saw it against the Colts. You see it virtually every week. Uh, and their turnover ratio is zero, which tells you that the defense is not, is not generating enough turnovers. This is an attacking, aggressive defense that should generate turnovers, but it does not. So uh, <clears throat> that that's the... That's the Achilles. It's not an Achilles heel. It's not, it's not going to kill you. But I don't know that they go as far as they should with this dynamic offense because this is a defense that has a lot of difficulty against the run. And the more you run the ball, the less time Aaron Rodgers has to wing it around. The more the opposition runs the ball, the less time Aaron Rodgers has to wing it around. So um, that's, it's a flaw. And I don't know that they can correct it. Um, uh, the next team we're going to Bill, talk about is the Rams. Hey, Bill, yes. real, real quick. Yes. Hey, hey, Bill, real quick to that end. I, I know when we did the sort of uh, after six week uh, wrap up, this was definitely a fan base that we uh, said needed to maybe white knuckle it through the next few weeks. Are you feeling a little bit better? I my sense is you're feeling a little better about where the Packers are. Obviously, still very concerned about the interior of their defensive line. But my sense is maybe the trend line is going up from where we were six weeks ago. Slightly, slightly, but I'm still not convinced. I'm still not convinced. The Colt game just, uh, you know, just put me back in the same funk because uh, the, the Colts came out in the second half and just rammed the ball right down their throats. Eight consecutive runs. And and if the Colts had inserted Jacoby Brissett as the short yardage and goal line runner at the end of that series, they would have come away with a touchdown rather than than a, a field goal. They inserted Brissett on the next series and scored a touchdown. But the fact of the matter is that that was a team that had no short yardage and goal line runner and yet they, they go 
down the field. Boom, boom, boom. It's like a prize fight, you know. You can you can dance all you want. You can be flashy. You can be a guy who fights in spurts. But when people pound you with body punches over six or seven rounds, pretty soon your hands stop to drop. The bounce isn't in your legs any longer. And the knockout is coming or the TKO is coming. And the running game, when you can't stop it, those are body punches. It puts pressure on your offense that shouldn't be there. It wears your defense out. When it comes time to close the game with pass rushers, their legs aren't there because they've taken all those body blows. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a reason why people say you got to run and stop the run. It's not the way it used to be. It's not as important as it used to be uh, now that the game is 53 and a third yard wide and, and the ball's in the air 60% of the time. But the fact of the matter is you still have to be able to stop the run or bad things happen. And, and, and I don't think they've improved one iota, to be very truthful with you. So even, even with Rodgers on, on, the, on the cusp of another all-time great QB rating, which we, we've all agreed through, through, throughout this, you know, how important that is and how much it demonstrates, if you can't stop him, I guess that just doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. You, you, you don't, you rarely outscore people in this league and go all the way. Rarely. Um, the only reason that Kansas City won last year was because Steve Spagnolo installed the defense in training camp and it took eight games for it to take hold, for him to know what his players could do, for them to know what he wanted them to do, for them to trust one another and trust the system. Once they did, boom, the rocket took off. Um, I don't I don't see that happening here. Uh, as I say, you shouldn't base everything on a snapshot, but the Colt game confirmed for me what the numbers were telling me. And that was four weeks after we did the first show. So nothing had changed in, 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 in that in that period of time. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing we're going to talk about is the Rams. Some very interesting numbers. Some really interesting numbers. This is a team that sort of makes you shrug your shoulders and say, hmm, you know, yards per play, 5.8. Darn good. QBR, 93.7. Not great, but not terrible. Points for, 25. Points against, 20.3. A plus 4.7 ratio. Excellent. Really good. Um, third down, 46.7. Very good. And getting off the field, 35.3. Excellent. Turnover ratio, zero. So is this, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm asking myself this question. The numbers tell me that this is a relatively vanilla team with a quarterback who's pretty good, with a defense that's excellent, 
And if they take care of the ball and keep that ratio at zero or actually put it on the plus side, they can be a headache for anybody. So we'll see come week 17 where all this plays out, but this is an interesting team. It's an interesting team. And and the zero kind of tells you, yeah, they're kind of vanilla, but they're nonetheless uh, good enough to win. And the defense is driving this, by the way. The defense is driving this. And the guys that they, they cannot afford to lose are obviously Goff, the quarterback. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. Cooper Cup, without saying. When Cooper Cup was out, their offense efficiency dropped. He's the indispensable guy. Akers, because he's they've been able to run the ball better. And on defense, they have a difference maker at every level. Aaron Donald, Floyd, and Ramsey. And that's pretty good. So, uh, Bill, you know, Goff and the team, I mean, in terms of his performance and, you know, wins and losses, they've sort of been up and down and up and down. Um, first, generally, um, if teams are sort of consistently inconsistent versus even if you have the same record, but you're, you know, but you're sort of playing at a, at, at a level that's on, you know, re- should get you into the playoffs. I mean, over your years, what what do you glean from some, you know teams that are alternately good and bad versus teams that may not be great but they're they're solid? They sort of come out and do it's kind of the same level of performance every week. Well, I wouldn't say that this team is alternately good and bad. They're not. They were eight and four after twelve games, which is what these numbers are based on. Which is which tells you that they're twice as good as they are bad. So, uh, Ed Struss, this, I was looking at some of the, the, the other numbers. The, the you know, our, when you look at our categories, good games and quarterback rating, total yards, uh, average yards. That's that's what I meant. Kind of has been up and down. Not where they're not they, their output doesn't seem to consistent. I mean, if you look at the numbers, their output is good. Yards per play at six That's excellent. That's fine. Uh, the uh, I'm sorry, five point eight. That, that's good. The 93.7, you know, I'd have to dive into it to find out why it's not a little bit higher, but it's still, nonetheless, it's not terrible. And and as I said, the defense is really outstanding. Right. Plus 4.7 points for or against, uh, you know, really good third down numbers. And and the fact that uh, uh, they're they're in neutral on giveaway takeaway um, tells you that, you know they're they're a pretty decent team. I, I don't think they're either inconsistent or mediocre. Uh, you know the question is, are they good enough offensively to take on a high-powered team like Kansas City, where the two defenses might be close, or you give the Rams a slight edge because th- this defense is playing great. Um, you know, do they have enough offensively, explosively? Um, to, to beat another explosive offensive team. Uh, but, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. And, uh, and, and you know, they're not a team I don't think very many people are looking forward to playing. 
Yeah, I, 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 you know, totally get that. I, I was more, you know, to me when I, when I, because I did look at them on a game by game basis, just, um, and when you averaged everything out, obviously the numbers were good, and it's a two to one, you know, ratio in terms of wins. It, it was just uh, that there were a lot of games where productivity, I thought, was. That's where the, the, there's a variance in productivity on offense. I'm, I'm talking about, but you know, may, you know, look. In, in the end, I guess all that matters is, is they're, they're eight and four, and, and when you add it all up, uh, you know, their 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 numbers are pretty good. So, well, when you add it all up, the numbers paint a picture of an offense that's pretty good and a defense that's excellent. That's the bottom line, and uh, uh, and that's why they're that's why they they're a winning team. That's why they're going to make the playoffs. They're indispensable guys we talked about. Um, and again, on the defensive side, they have one at every level, which is which is really, I mean, that, that's a prescription for success. Offensively, they got to continue to run the ball well. Akers is a rookie, so he may well hit the wall. They got to continue to run the ball well if they want to advance. Um, the next team is the Seahawks, which is a, a hawk of a different color, <laughs> entirely. <laughs> um, their yards per it's pass. It's a lack of defensive hawk. Yeah, exactly right. 6.0. QBR 107.6. Um, still darn good. Uh, points for, 29.4. That's outstanding. Points against, 26.7. Not so good, baby. And a plus 2.7 ratio there. Which, uh, which isn't good. Third down offensively, 38.7. I was surprised by the number. I thought it would be higher than that. My mind's eye told me that it was higher than that, but it's not. And that's why you study the numbers. Uh, getting off the field on third down, my mind's eye told me that this is what it is, 47.5. Awful. Uh, they can't rush the passer. They don't cover very well. They're not a very good defense. They're plus one giveaway takeaway, which is um, okay. You know, that's positive. But this is not, this is a team that does not have enough defense uh, to match up against a really good, solid, uh, high scoring offense. Uh, and, and, you know, you put a lot of pressure on Russell week in and week out. And nobody can withstand that kind of pressure. Nobody. You can't be a scoring machine week in, week out with an unreliable defense. And this defense is, to say they're unreliable is charitable. Uh, and they're working hard. <laughs> they're working hard to try and, and try and get it better. You know, the safety, they made the deal for the safety. When he's healthy and playing, he's good. Um, would you still do that deal, though, Bill? Yes, I would. Yeah, because of the structure of the defense. You got to have a game changer there. Otherwise the defense doesn't work. So, I mean that yes, I would I would do that deal without question. Um the um the 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 the, the um uh, rush end that they they brought in from from Cincinnati um uh you know, Dunlap, really good, really good acquisition. Not long term, but for this year, good acquisition. But he's not going to change things overnight because Bruce, Bruce Servan is missing and he's not coming back. So they've got 
you know, basically one rusher. Um, they're indispensable. People are Russ, uh, obviously, Metcalf, Lockett, Carson, although they were able to replace him. But I think as you go on in the playoffs and the, and, and the, and the talent level increases and the intensity level increases, the known names have a harder time um, generating offense. You need Carson. It's harder. It's harder to get your running backs from Best Buy during the playoffs. It is. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. You. you yeah. You have to. You have to go to, if not Neiman Marcus, certainly the high end Macy's. You know. You, you just yeah. you can't get it. Yeah. You can't get it in Best Buy. And then, uh, on defense, Wagner and Dunlap are really, and and the safety are really the only three guys that you would say you know they can change a game for you so this is a team with a great offense with a scintillating quarterback um but sooner or later and 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 receivers that do amazing things the loss of Olsen at tight end is 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 pretty serious um because the defense needs to have the offense hitting on every cylinder in order to have a chance. And, uh, and, and, and I don't think that's, I mean, that's not possible for that to happen. So, uh, my, so my big takeaway bill is here is you're, you're telling us that this defense gives unreliable, a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> It, 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 to be charitable, it's 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 not championship caliber. Let me put it that way. And by the way, that's not a criticism of of, of their management or Pete or any. You know, Pete said earlier in the year he didn't recognize the defense. He's never seen defense like that. He's right. <laughs> He's right. But the, but that's that's where it is now. That's not to say that they won't be competitive. They will. Pete's going to make them that way. Um, but in the end, I don't think they have enough. When it when it comes down to it, to to outscore everybody, because their offensive line isn't terrific either, and and you know when Russ has to drop back a lot during a ball game, that's putting a lot of pressure on him. He's playing like an he is the MVP. I mean, if you if you apply the standard of what team would be in the basement without their quarterback, it, it's Seattle. If they didn't have Russell Wilson, they would not even be in the discussion. But um, I don't know that that's that's the reason to vote for him. I mean, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But he's certainly in a discussion. Hey, Bill, it's another good example of what, you, what you've taught us so many times about the Johnnies and the Joes. Because it's not like Pete Carroll has forgotten how to scheme defense, right? But, no, but if you don't have the not. players, what, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, nor has John Snyder forgotten how to be a good GM. He made the trade for the safety. But it, it's just, you know... When Bruce Irvin went down, that was a loss that was hard for them to overcome. Um, the next team is, is I must admit, is a bit of a conundrum. Uh, the Bucks, uh, their yards per play is 5.7, which you would think would be higher given their talent level. 95.1 is Tom Brady's quarterback rating. I don't know if that's the lowest it's been in a while, but it's but it's among the lowest. Um Points for, however, 28.6. That's solid. Um, defense, 23.3. That's a plus 5.3. That's excellent. Uh, that's that's third in the conference. 
uh, in, in that in that area. Uh, third down efficiency, 43%. Uh, percent. That's really good. Um, 41.7, uh, getting people off the field. You'd like it to be a little bit better than that. Uh, plus four, giveaway, takeaway. So that's really good. Um, so this is a team that needs to be more efficient in the passing game. And I don't want to say they have too many weapons because that's trite and conventional wisdom and I don't buy it. But they don't have enough chemistry. Brady does not have enough chemistry with the receivers to be able to say in situation X, I go to this guy in situation Y, I can count on that guy. In situation Z, when all else fails, I can count on this guy. He's not been with them long enough and been in the system long enough to be able to almost have that be unconscious muscle memory. So I think that's the reason they're not as efficient as most people think they should be given the talent level. It's not to say it's bad, and it's not to say that chemistry can't develop overnight and ignite and and then, you know, blow people out, which is what they're capable of doing. Um, but they're just not doing it right now. That's not to say they're having a bad year or they're not competitive or they don't even have a chance to go all the way. Um, they, you know, they, they, they do. They kicked the living daylights out of the Packers um, in, in Tampa Bay earlier in the season. And they're capable of doing it again. So this is a team that that, that hasn't quite clicked offensively. Uh, and if it does, look out because they have all kinds of weapons. And that, that's, that's absolutely stated, certainly, by looking at the people who if they lost him, um, you know, they, they, they'd have a hard time. Obviously, Brady, obviously, Evans and Godwin. We've seen that as the season has gone along. You're tempted to say Gronk, but you know what? Cameron Brake could step in there, and I don't know if you should know the difference. On defense, Sue, David, uh, Shaq Barrett, Winfield, and they've already lost Vita Villa, which was a which is a, a huge loss for them, but they've they've weathered the storm. So they've got difference makers at every level on defense. They've got difference makers on offense. And uh and the running back is uh is coming along, getting better and better and better. So this is a team that, you know, you, you don't want to be around when they light the fuse. Let me put it that way, because <laughs> they might they might blow you to kingdom come. So um, as you've looked at, I was going to ask you this about the Chiefs game, but rather than just a snapshot, let me ask it um, over a little longer term. Uh, a terrific analysis of everything. But as you see that, Bill, are, do you feel like they're getting closer to truly putting it together uh, and 
finally reaching the capability of all that talent that's there? Or are you more feeling like not in what's left in the season, are they going to be able to do this maybe next year or the year after, but they're not on a trend line where they're really going to be where they could be? Well, I, I, you know, Bruce Aarons has said this numerous times, and he's right. They're, they're, they're not going to be what they could be this year because they haven't had OTAs. They haven't had uh, they haven't had preseason. You know, th- this is a work in progress. So, uh, the you know, uh, they're they're absolutely going to be better next year. But uh, are they capable of, as I say? Going all the way this year, if, this year, if right. everything, yeah, they are absolutely. You're talking about Saints, Packers, Rams, Bucks, all have a legitimate chance to go all the way. I don't think Seattle does as good as Russ in that offense is, because I don't think with that defense you 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 can you can go all the way. But uh, the others, including the Bucks, yeah. They're capable of going all the way. Uh, the next team we're going to talk about now. Now we're getting into the pretender category here. You know, uh oh, the, the the even 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 Seattle because of Russ and the magic that they can do and he can do on offense um, is not a pretender. They 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 could get hot and and depending on what the matchups were, go all the way. Um, the rest of these teams, I think, uh, you know, are the platters, the great pretenders. Exactly. Uh, that reference is lost on people uh, below the age of 65, but uh, and some future <laughs> show, I'll explain it. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. That's what, that's what we do here on the Inside Football Podcast. Exactly. It's a little <laughs> bit of old guy radio. It's nuts. <laughs> you know, we are here to serve our listeners in many ways, not just about football. And Bill coming up with the platters was one of the great moments of this season. Um, okay, Minnesota. 6.3 yards per play. 103.9 QBR, which is interesting. You know, it's still good. Points for 26.5. Points against 27.4 minus one. That's so unlike a Zim team. It's just, it's shocking. But it's a fact. Um, offensively, 43.6. Pretty good. Defensively, 36.4. Not bad at all. Giveaway, takeaway, minus four. Whoops. Whoops. Uh, you're not going anywhere with that kind of a with that kind of a ratio. So this is a team that defensively is not as good as it was. Offensively, they turn the ball over too much. Um, they're getting better, but in the end, they depend far too much on Cook to run the football and if anything happened to him then it's it's Katie bar the door for example Cook and Thielen and Jefferson on offense and Jefferson's a rookie by the way um, are, are indispensable and, and Cook is the most indispensable Cousins we know what he is uh, on defense Hunter Barr is gone for the season that's an awfully difficult loss 
and Harrison Smith. So there's not there's not the plethora of talent on defense that there was, and uh, and so you know I, I I think this is a team that would have a, hot, a a tough time in in the end advancing. Arizona, kind of a conundrum team. Just a just a quick one. So going into the into the twelfth game. Uh, they had won five of six, and the only loss was that three-point loss against the Cowboys. Was did you see that? Was that as you know? And they may not go all the way, but was that gelling, or was that just a product of a soft schedule? No, it was Cook. It was Cook. It was Cook carrying the load. And over the long term, it's probably not going to get you there. He's already been injured once this year. You know, over the long haul, it's probably even with even with Henry, it's probably not going to get you there. So that that's that's my that's my difficulty. Uh, although the receivers are good, they really are. But I don't know that, you know, that the quarterback's good enough when it's all said and done. And the minus four, certainly not good enough. Um, okay, Arizona. This is a conundrum team. Uh, 5.8 yards p- per play. Given Kyler Murray's ability to run the football, that's too low. Uh, that, that ought to be up where Baltimore's is um, because he's generating a lot of yardage. Uh, so, uh, so uh, uh, you know, uh, it's 5.8. Uh, it's good, but it's but it's it's that's the quarterback running, making those numbers work. Um, 94.5 QBR. You know, okay for a young quarterback. Um, 27.6 points for 24.6 against plus three, good ratio. Third down, 43.0. No, good, solid. Defensively, 42.6. Not great. Um, Surprising, I thought it would be a little bit better than that, Um, you know, in terms of perception. Uh, And zero in the turnover department. So not generating a lot of turnovers at the same time, not giving a lot up. So kind of vanilla, a little bit of a conundrum. Uh, Can they go all the way? We'll see. Let's see how. Let's see how it plays out. Um, I, I, you know, at six, at, at, it, they got to get to ten. That's the magic number. So we'll, we'll see if they can get there. It's a tough division, obviously. Um, their key people um, would obviously be Murray and Hopkins. I think Christian Kirk is a is a big part of that too. Um, Jones, their best rusher, is injured. Buda Baker's having a great year, and I would say that Drake needs to be in there when it's playoff time um, to, to do something with the run game. So, uh, you know, this is a defense that's playing pretty good, um, absent its best rusher, and I'm not sure they can continue to generate Hale Murrays and and what you what have you as it get as the season goes on, it, it gets harder. So, um, 
you know, are they good enough? We'll, we'll, we'll find out. I, I suspect not, but we'll find out. Because, Bill, how much how much worry would there be? I mean, you take the Hale Murray out of out of the equation. They basically lost five in a row. I mean, they've lost the last three games going into uh, going into week 13. They, they lose the game before the Buffalo game and the Hale Murray game. I mean, is that some of the league figuring Murray out a little bit, or is there something else going on? Because that that's kind of a real. No, it's 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 the league figuring Murray out, watching tape and learning how to defense him, and 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 part of its injuries on defense too. Uh, but you know, the loss of the rusher shows up. The further you go into the season, it shows up. Um, that's why Buffalo was able to come back and generate the comeback that they did. They couldn't stop uh, Josh, you know, down the stretch. And the Hail Murray bailed, bailed them out. Otherwise, it would have been a, a pretty big failure. I don't know that the defense is good enough and people are, you know, figuring out how to defense Murray, which is to keep him in the pocket. So... You know, as I say, they're kind of a conundrum team. I'm anxious to I, I want to look these numbers after sixteen games and, and and dive deeply into them and 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 see after watching them a lot on tape what, what, what they you know what they really are. Um but I, I think in the end they're they're pretenders. Um somebody's gonna win the East. Yeah. Um, yes they are. <laughs> and they're heating up, Bill. Yeah. They're heating up. I don't want your blood pressure to go up. So before yeah. we get there, let's talk 49ers because they're not out of it yet. Um, offensively, they're doing a nice job. Uh, 5.7 yards per play. QBR is 88.4, and that's fine. You're playing with a backup. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, 23.0 points. That's, that's just on the cusp of, of being good enough. And then on defense, uh, 24.0 given up, minus 1.0. Given all the injuries they've had, that's phenomenal. That's really a great job. And it speaks to the reason that Robert Sala is going to get a head coaching job, I believe. it's it's Not only did he do a great job last year, he's doing an even better job this year with Bosa and and many others out. So, uh, and, and, and an aging Richard Sherman and so on and so forth. So... Um, you know, a, a good job by him and by the entire defense on th- third down efficiency, 41.3, you know, that, that, that's good enough on defense, 38.0. That's, uh, that's pretty good given the fact that you don't have your best rusher and, uh, and then giveaway takeaway minus four, which is clearly not good enough. And part of that is directly rated to the 88.4 QBR. So, you know, when does Jimmy G come back and in what shape? Um, When does the tight end come back and in what shape? Um, You know, do they have enough to come roaring down the stretch and into the playoffs with those two guys back and healthy? Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't write them off by any means, uh, but uh, when you're, you're talking about losing ostensibly 
one of the top two or three rushers in the game, that's hard to overcome. Good coaching job, however, by all concerned. Uh, another good coaching job, uh, and, and this will stand out. This is over 12 games, of course. But um, uh, yards per play, 5.0, eh, right? You know, you're not jumping up and down over that. QBR, 83.8. Uh, that's not good enough. But that takes into account a revolving cast, cast of quarterbacks until uh, the number one guy got in there and got healthy and, 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 and got working. Mr. Smith comes to Washington, and, and now he's got his feet firmly planted on the ground, and, and this, this should be better. Um, points. Four, 22.0, not good enough. You got to get to 23 just to even have a chance. Points against, hello, Ron Rivera, 21.7. So you're plus 0.3, uh, which, is, which is why they're still in the hunt. Third down, they're converting at 38%, not good enough really. And uh, uh, third down against, 38.1%, which is darn good. But here's the uh, here's the the affliction that you can't get rid of minus four, giveaway takeaway. Now, this is a team that is getting better because the quarterback is stable and in place. They don't nearly have enough on offense. Uh, McLaurin. Is a is a, a guy who makes a difference. Gibson, I think, is a guy who'll make a difference, albeit a rookie. Uh, Smith, as I said, has stabilized everything. Uh, on defense, uh, Young is a rookie, uh, and he's still learning. He's not making the mark yet that that he that he can. Allen is really good. I think Sweat is better than people know. Uh, Fuller is good. Collins is good. Ioannidis is good. Kerrigan is good. So does this team sneak in as part of the NFL, uh, the NFC, I'm sorry. Yeah, NFC East, or least is what I was about to say. Um, and do they cause problems in the playoffs? This would not be, in my view, an easy out. I'm not sure I'd uh -oh. want to see these guys in the playoffs because of the defense. Plus, Coach Rivera's done this before, right? Yes. We've seen this movie before in Carolina, and... I like the ending because they won a game. Yeah. yeah. but We've seen the movie before with a less reliable quarterback than they have now. Right. So no 10 wins here. What's it, what's it, what's it going to take in the East, Bill? What, nine? Somebody going to get nine? No, I don't think anybody's going to get to nine. So what's it going to take? The football team has to get to eight. They have to get Giants to eight. Giants can win it at seven. 
you kind of have to get to eight, right? You'd think you'd have to get to eight. They have to get to eight because of the tiebreakers. But the Giants, those Giants games are going to come back to haunt haunt the football team. Giants can win with seven and nine. Yep. Speaking of the Giants, um, their yards per play is 5.0, same as Washington. Their quarterback rating is 78.7. That is reflective of an early season implosion by the offensive line, which has since been rectified a little bit. Um, their points for 19.2, unacceptable. You can't win scoring 19.2 points a game in the NFL. But here's the picture. On defense, giving up 22 points a game. That's good enough to win virtually every week. It's minus 3.2. And so by definition, you can't win with those numbers. But they can put nuts on your head defensively. 39.8, third down conversion. Uh, second only to Washington in the land of... Uh, uh, in the land of not good enough. <laughs> uh, actually, it's better. It's 0.8 better than Washington. And on third down, getting off the field, um, 42.1. Washington's 38.1. But plus three in the giveaway-takeaway margin, which is probably the difference between the two teams when it's all said and done. But... As was said before, as Scott said, um, the Wa- Washington has to be eight and eight because they lose the tiebreaker to the Giants based on the head-to-head matchups. Right. So uh, the Giants can finish seven and nine and get in the playoffs. Who would I rather play? Um, with Smith at quarterback, a grizzled veteran who's been around, even though both supporting casts are sort of the same. Um, I think I'd rather play the Giants. Look at that. All right, but more important question, Bill, who gets in? Well, one of them's getting in. Yeah, one of them's getting in. I know, but come we on. We know it ain't Dallas. And and and, uh, and it's not the Eagles. <laughs> and rumor has it there's a there's a quarterback from Alabama, another Alabama starting quarterback in the NFL. I think uh, Carson Wentz has been benched. Let me put it to you this way, with a pun completely intended. The Eagles theme song, which I love, by the way, is called Fly Eagles Fly. And I don't think that trajectory is what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and uh the the Washington football team doesn't have a song anymore. So well, we don't know. We've the the hashtag is HTTWFT and it's very catchy. Yeah, well. Yeah, but Hail to the Red Tails would work too. And all you got to do is just change a change a little of the uh 
uh, of the lyrics. That's all. That's 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 true. If Scott's if Scott's name comes through, uh, but Bill, you, one, one unusual thing here is, I mean, I, I think you have to say in terms of great coaching jobs. When you look at what what Judge and Rivera have done, even with the, the records the teams have, I mean, I thought very impressive. Without question, you talk about coach of the year. Ron Rivera's got to be in the conversation, without question. Without question. Hey. Hey, Bill, in the NFC East, a little bit of an audible here. Obviously, given what's happening in Philadelphia, what do you think the long-term deal is there? I mean, obviously, we don't know how Hertz is going to play. I would think cap-wise, Wentz is functionally untradeable next season. I mean, because they would have to take a $30 million cap hit. Would you have just kind of kept rolling with Wentz, knowing that he's probably on the roster next year? Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't studied enough film to give you a completely, um, informed answer, but what I'm not, what, what I'm giving you is not anecdotal. It's based on, on some film study, not enough to satisfy me, but film study nonetheless. Um, number one, as as has been said numerous times, um, there's nothing around him in, in the way of receiving talent. To watch Alshon Joffrey run is, is, is painful. I mean, he literally can't run anymore. Um, so, and Rager is, is just feeling his way. He's just feeling his way. Um, the offensive line is not good. And it puts people in his lap far too often. You know, quarterbacks have to have the ability to step into the play and, and, and step into the throw and make a play. Far too often, he's surrounded by people uh, under his feet, grasping at his jersey, things like that. No, those aren't clean pockets by a long shot. You know, it's one thing to, to say... Uh, Pro football focus, oh, yeah, well, they got him blocked. No, they didn't get him blocked because the guy's under his feet or the guy's grabbing yeah. at his arm. Uh, that's not blocking him. That's not a clean pocket. So he rarely has a clean pocket. So the offensive line needs overhaul, and 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 they need to decide how they're going to protect him. Um, the running game is, 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 is good. Boston's averaging right around five yards a carry. Um, is the system which which the coach is you know born and bred in um the best system for Carson Wentz that's a question I would ask I have not seen enough film or talked to enough people to be able to give you an answer but it's a question as a GM I would ask um now the thing we don't know is what's being done to try to straighten him out and why the quarterback change does anybody think does anybody think that the backup quarterback is 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 going to make them any better you know i hear people on television say well he created a spark he ran around outside the pocket and he threw a touchdown pass in a game that was lost that, that, that's not spark that's just you know running around making a play now 
I don't, I simply don't buy that. Um, but what the long-term future is, I don't know. I don't know whether they make a coaching change. I don't know whether they make a philosophical change. Who knows? Um, the one thing for sure is the offensive line is aging. No question about that. And there's no receiving talent to speak of. Those two things, I, except for the tight ends. Those two things I, I, I can say unequivocally. Um, beyond that, who knows? And is a $30 million hit on the cap um, with an aging, probably not good enough offensive line and no receiving talent, is that critical? You know, I don't know. The people in Cleveland would probably tell you, eat it, start over again. You know, uh, that's one way to look at it. Um, I know this, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a rough situation, and it's not all Carson Wentz's fault. Having said that, uh, he is not playing good football. He's not playing good football, and he's clearly things are bothering him, which which probably in the end should not bother him. And I think uh, uh, analysts who are who are who are good analysts, be they on television or radio or wherever, um, who have said, you know, he he's not playing up to his capabilities, are correct to to blame him for everything and say it's all Carson Wentz's fault uh, and get rid of him, I think is, is incorrect. There are more, there's more to it than that. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure we have exhausted the NFC. So that brings to a close our look at all the teams in the NFL after week 12. So without further ado, let's throw it to the audible. Rick, I think you've got the first one this week. And we kind of referenced this earlier, interestingly enough, uh, in the show. Bill, this is, yeah, this is one that comes from one of our listeners. And here's what he says. Could you ask Mr. Polian about hash marks? The history, when they were changed, why are, are they not still the same as the college hash marks? Does that make a difference in scouting a player, especially if that player usually lines up on the short side of the field? Well, the, the short answer to that, no pun intended, is no, it does not, with the exception of a, of a quarterback. Uh, and it's, that's even a small exception. Um, the hash marks, uh, when the game first started, were uh, exactly like that of the colleges. Uh, 17 and a third yards uh, from the sideline. So you had a wide field and you had a short field. Um, the reason it was changed was because uh, the NFL always wants more offense and a balanced field with the same amount of distance between the hashes and the sideline on both sides of the field allows more room for the running game to operate and allows more room for the passing game to operate. At the college level, um, 
with the short field, you can play what's known as a boundary corner, a guy who is not a great cover guy, but is a great run guy, run defender, uh, because he's got the sideline as his friend. He can push uh, uh, receivers out of bounds. There's not a lot of room for the receivers to run in. Um, so the boundary corner is usually the tougher, more physical, and less um, uh, coverage-focused uh, uh, guy. And the field corner is a guy who's more of a pure cover guy because, obviously, he's got more ground to cover. Um, also, it allows, uh, it, it allows offenses to be more balanced so that when you spread the field, and you use the full 53 and a third that we have now, you could throw a slant on either side and have plenty of room to make that work. You can throw a combination route on either side and have plenty of room to make that work. So it opens up the passing game. And then the most recent change that was made, and I can't tell you exactly when it was, I'm guessing maybe 12, 14 years ago, maybe more than that, uh, we moved the hashes in a little more so they directly uh, aligned with the goalposts, which just made the kicking game a little bit easier. And, uh, and, and again, expanded the field for offense, which is what the NFL always wants. Whenever, whenever a rule is made, it, it, if they're going to err, they're always going to err on the side of offense. Very cool. And, and excellent history lesson. Excellent history lesson. I hope the listener now knows everything there needs to be known about hash marks. Very cool. All right, well, we're going to end this one much like we ended the AFC episode. Bill, who, after 12 weeks, do you think will make it to Tampa from the NFC? Ooh, this one is a little more difficult. Um, the numbers would tell me the Saints... But sorry, Sean and Mickey and all my friends with the Saints. Um, that's been true the last two years, and it hasn't happened. Um, although I must say that I think the Saints defense is playing better this year than it has over the last two years. So if Drew is back and raring to go, I would say I'd make the Saints a slight favorite. I've talked about, I don't think that the Packers are good enough against the run to go all the way as they were not last year. San Francisco punched them out in the championship game. So you, you would think that that would be the same difficulty this year. But the offense is so scintillating. Jones is running so well. And Aaron has having such a great year, and the tight ends have come out of nowhere uh, to develop into big-time players, Tunyon and, and, and the other members of that, that cast. Um, I think they're even more explosive than they've been offensively. And defensively, you know, maybe not good enough, but they might just be good enough given the quality of the offense. Um, Rams, you know, as we said before, vanilla, but you know, 
vanilla in the end, if you don't turn it over, might be good enough because this defense, this Ram defense, is better. I think it's better than it was in their Super Bowl year because they have Ramsey to shut people down. You're going to match up against the Saints, Ramsey on Thomas. Nice going. That's a tough matchup. That favors the Rams. So um, this defense, this Ram defense is good enough to go all the way. And Goff is protecting the ball. And as long as his receiving buddies are out there, um, they gotta, they got, and they can run the ball effectively. They don't have to run it dominatingly. If they run it effectively, they have a chance. And as I said earlier, when the Bucks fuse is lit, and they take off, it's going to be an explosion. So does that explosion come this year? Does it come? Does it come next? Does it ever come? We'll see, but this is a good defense. They're plus four. They got a great quarterback who's been there, done that. They got great receivers. They're deep. They got a really good running back in Rojo. Um, They could go off. So any one of the four, in my view, now the Bucs, by the way, have to get in because – Due to the two losses to the Saints, they're not going to, unless the Saints implode, they're not going to win the division. So uh, the Bucks have to get in. But any one of those four, uh, I think you're capable. Well, I think you guys heard it here first. It is going to be a fun playoffs in the NFC. And I have a hunch. It's going to be fun for whoever wins the NFC East in that first round. Well, thank you, guys. This has been super fun to spend the last two weeks to do this look at the teams after 12 weeks. We have a surprise for you guys. Next week's episode, we're going to do our second ever. It's our Christmas present to you guys, the fans. It's our second ever Ask Bill Anything. We're going to get to a lot of the questions that we missed in the first episode. So those of you that didn't get your questions answered in episode one, we'll hit them in episode two. We got space for a few more on the rocket ship for episode two. So please, as always, if you have questions, get them into Polian on Twitter, and we will be sure to answer them. Have a happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays, everyone, to you and your family. Thank you. Happy holidays, everybody. Have a wonderful time and stay safe. Stay safe. Think about wearing that mask inside at Christmas. Mask up. Mask up. Ho, ho, ho. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.